At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the DC CityCast with Frank Hanrahan, presented by Bet Rivers. DC CityCast presented by our good friends at Bed River Sportsbook. Frank Handran from VEASAN. Fall is in the air. I see all these posts. Kids are going back to school. I can't believe it. It's back to school time, which means just right around the bend, NFL season, college football season is going to be right at our doorsteps. So keep those back to school pictures coming. Love them. Never get old because next week, when my kids go back to school, you know those bad boys are going to be posted all over uh, my social media. So one more week for us. If your kid's going back to school, I think Virginia's back in school, man. D.C. is next week, and so is Maryland. But some private schools and uh, uh, charter schools already underway. So, But that is just a sign, my friends, that football season is certainly here, and we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, Commanders have one more preseason game. We'll get into the Commanders' uh, performance against the Kansas City Chiefs and it's just a general reminder a game like that even though it's a preseason the separation between elite quarterback and a franchise quarterback and then the drudges and the depths of hell when it comes to having a quarterback in this league it's pretty mind-numbing so we'll get into that matchup we got one more against the Ravens uh, this weekend the Nationals hey they took two of four from San Diego that's not so bad it's not so bad but uh, they lose the last two of that series and I think they've got the uh, day off, right? And then they're back at it uh, tomorrow. So plenty of heavy, heavy jumbo of commanders chatter today. I do want to mention that uh, 
you know, well, I don't want to talk too much about DC United, but for the love of God, man, you can't lose 6 nothing in any form or fashion in any arena when it comes to professional soccer. Embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> 6-zip. Uh, Nationals at the Mariners, by the way, tomorrow. But let's kick things off here on the DC CityCast presented by Bed River Sportsbook. I think I had a pretty decent uh, Friday night. I gave out the Nationals yet again. I think I lost the under. Yeah, I think I took the under seven and a half or something like that. But the Nationals win that game Friday night, six to three. So for the value that I wagered, it was a big night for me. Uh, Split the difference. You're coming out on top, taking the Nationals at plus 310, I think it was on Friday night or something ridiculous. And now the Padres did get the next two. Juan Soto got a homer against his old team on Saturday night. And then yesterday, Patrick Corbin actually had a pretty decent outing. Uh, just offense wasn't there. So therein lies the issue. And I, I saw this amazing stat about the starting pitching for the Nationals. It's been like 38 or 39. Maybe now it's 40 straight starts by a National starter, and they don't get a win. Like, that's almost impossible in this day and age. But that is where the Nationals are with their starting rotation. Their relievers haven't been that awful, but they can't balance it out. It's a pretty straightforward and basic idea when it comes to baseball. Get good starting pitching and actually a little bit of offense. They can never get both right. And that's why they've got double the losses. So moving forward, hey, pretty simple stuff. This is what we got to figure out. All right. So we'll chat some... uh, Nationals uh, in a little bit, but I do want to start off with the Commanders and their performance on Saturday at Kansas City, 24-14 loss to Patrick Mahomes at all. And so I felt good and I got the win for you. It took the uh, Chiefs minus three and a half at Bed River Sportsbook, although by kickoff, I believe it was Kansas City minus five and a half. And thanks to the, the gods above, Sam Howell decides to throw a bad pass. It was picked off because up until that point, it looked like a bad beat, a bad backdoor cover, and a chance for the commanders to actually win this game outright. You saw it. It was uh, 14-0, then 14-7, then I think it was 17-7, and then the kicker for the Chiefs missed a a field goal where you go, oh God, they're going to backdoor cover this thing at 17-7. Of course they do. Uh, Howe comes down on a big drive, 93-yard, eight-play drive, touchdown run, Jared Patterson. And they cut the lead to 17 to 14 with like four minutes left, five, five or six minutes left. Chiefs have another drive. They get stalled. And I remember texting a buddy going, my God, man, a preseason bad beat. It wasn't necessarily a bad beat. It was just you saw it coming and then it happened. But then, but then, my friends, Sam Howe, from his, uh, what, five or six, tries to throw it out. His receiver cut in. Easy interception. Chiefs pick it. Go back to the uh, Washington Commanders four-yard line or something. And there was over two minutes left. And then your brain is going, okay, well, are the Chiefs going to try to score here? Commanders have all their timeouts. Are they going to try to extend a preseason game? Because we've seen in the past, Coach Ron has has waved the white flag in the regular season. (laughs) So I'm at 17-14. I got the Chiefs at minus three and a half. They're not covering. Chiefs have the ball first and goal at the three, 225 left. And I'm going, doing the math here. Do they can they do they have to kneel? No, they gotta they gotta try to score right. And they hand the ball off. Guy gets to like the two, and the commanders call timeout. And that's when I knew, okay, at least if they're held to a field goal, they can kick the field goal. 
it was a wonderful event because we've all been there when we're like, please don't kneel down. Please don't kneel down, please. There's t- plenty of time. And the commanders chose to try to make it like a game situation. So they called timeout like two or three times in a row. And then there's that fear of, okay, well, if they score here, then the commanders will get the ball back one more time with like a minute and 45, which is exactly what happened. Chiefs score touchdown. Now they're up 24-14, but the commanders do get one last crack. Now they're not going to go for a field goal, but you're thinking, please, no, no backdoor cover again. Because my mind went from, I can't believe I lost, to, oh, my God, I got a W, to, oh, my God, here we are again in the same situation. These are the highs and lows, friends. We all know it. The good sweats. So as much as I was convinced Kansas City was going to cover the spread, win this bad boy outright, uh, not even blinking, it was a tremendous sweat. But in the end, a win is a win. (laughs) As I mentioned At the start of this program, the difference between having a Patrick Mahomes and having a Carson Wentz is night and day. And it just dawned on me, when you have a coaching staff that just trusts your quarterback to do whatever and whenever he wants to do it, that is a beautiful thing. Because on the flip side, you got the commanders and Carson Wentz and your coaching staff is saying, don't make mistakes, make the right play. Kansas City's just like, whatever you want to do, bro, we trust you. (laughs) I mean, some of the plays this guy was doing, you're going, never in a million years would you want your quarterback to do it, but yet he does it, and here's the deal. He succeeds at it. Yes, he's going to make some bad mistakes, sure, but you live with those bad mistakes. With Carson Wentz, you can't. You just can't live with his bad decision-making. That's why he's had two stops in this league, and maybe bad leadership as well. Who knows? That remains to be seen. But you get what I'm trying to say here? And this is where these franchises and these teams and the fan base are clamoring for anything that resembles. I'm not even saying you need Patrick Mahomes. You need somebody that you trust all the time, even though or even when they do some things off platform or off off one foot. You see what I'm saying? I mean, Mahomes was brilliant. Two touchdown throws and... Yes, you're facing one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but your defense also. And Coach Ron, hey, did not mince words afterwards saying, we've got to do a better job of getting off the field at third down. And the ironic part here is, again, you have a defensive coordinator who they did not do anything about when he made those comments and those tweets and had a perfectly good excuse to get rid of him. And here's my fear. It's that this is just signs of things to come cannot get off the field on third down. You're going to let, uh, who do they play? They play Jacksonville week one. Commanders, by the way, still favored by three and a half at Bed River Sportsbook. You're, I'm afraid that Trevor Lawrence is just going to slice and dice them, even though it's Trevor Lawrence in his second year. So I hope we're not in the middle of the season looking at a just a wretched defense going, we could have changed this. We could have done something when we had a chance to make a, a change, and we didn't, and we're stuck with this same old defense. And the, the, the snaps that I watched, I mean, I watched the whole game, but the snaps that I really watched, just pressure getting off the line, like basic stuff, it was lacking at times for this defensive line. Like, Deron Payne, God bless you, bro. You're trying to make a lot of money in the future. There are some, there are some plays you're just sort of trotting after uh, somebody ran by you. Like, they always say finish the play. 
defensive line was not finishing any plays. And then they let Patrick Mahomes do what he does. I'm sure you come in with sort of a game plan. Hey, don't let this guy get outside of the um, of the pocket. And he got out of the pocket at will. So it's like, I don't understand if you're paying a guy millions of dollars. I don't know how much he makes, Jack Del Rio. Who knows? Probably a million, five, two million. You and I can both see what the issue is, and there's no improvement. Two years ago, this was their staple. Their defense was going to carry them. Two years ago, the franchise said, we can just bring in a journeyman quarterback because our defense is so good to hold it down and we'll be okay. And then they realized last year, okay, we're not that good defensively, and we got a pretty bad quarterback to, to boot. And to their credit, they went 7-10, and 10, right? So now you're bringing a guy like Carson Wentz, and you're thinking, all right, dude, don't make any mistakes. Our defense is pretty good. We got to get better. But we now have what we think in a franchise quarterback. And look, their owner, their coach is calling Carson Wentz a franchise quarterback. We don't believe it for a minute that he is because a franchise quarterback is who? Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. I'm forgetting. Who else am I forgetting? You can go with Matt Stafford, Super Bowl champion, right? Russell Wilson. Uh, The list goes on. I'm sure I'm forgetting some pretty good ones. Uh, the dude, uh, the guy from uh, Buffalo. Beautiful, right? They don't have to worry. You know who has to worry? The Washington Commanders have to worry. They got to worry big time. And that's why I'm sort of, when I look at these futures bets at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and I, you know, I see still the same deal to make the playoffs plus 175, minus 220, to not make the playoffs. Uh, you know, the number's there for a reason. The feeling is this team's not good enough. Their over-under is basically set at 7.5. If you go under 7.5 plus 110, you go over minus 134. So we're looking at a 8 at best win season. Now, if they blow our socks off and they do better than we expected, then I will be surprised. And again, I understand it is just two preseason games in. But I feel like we've been in this spot before where we say, oh, it's just a preseason. They will get their hats on right when the first snap is played on whenever the uh, opener is, September 11th, right? And it's always a struggle. And it's always a concern. So when people say, oh, it's just a preseason, I go, no, 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 wait. We've said this literally 15 years in a row in the preseason. Like, when are we going to learn our lesson as fans? And that's why I get a kick out of the criticism of folks who are criticizing the franchise. Like, why are people so hard on this team? Why do we? Because they're not winning games. They haven't won a playoff game in what? 17 years. So if you want to be lackadaisical and not critical of a team that is paid to win games, then I don't know what we're doing. We are not here for participation trophies and to say, oh, give these guys a little bit of elbow room and give them a little bit of slack. That's why you don't win games because you are op- you're given that opportunity to have an excuse. And my God, this team has had so many excuses. When are we going to throw that all away and demand better? These preseasons, always a struggle, always an issue. We say, uh-oh. And you know what usually happens? We're right. 
Like, uh oh, oh God. <laughs> and then <laughs> you're freaking out in week two. So I touched on Mahomes. How did Carson Wentz do for the uh, Commanders? Six of nine, what, 64 yards. The good news is he had no interceptions for the first two preseason games. He did lead a touchdown drive against Carolina. Did not lead a touchdown drive against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Coach Ron Rivera, a little telling in his postgame presser. He said the offense looked pretty good. But I do need to nitpick because he's like, oh, Carson led us a couple dimes to midfield. I mean, to midfield. Voila, great, congratulations. Uh, Ron was very uh, opinionated about his defense. He should have been a little more opinionated about his offense. And that's what it makes me think that they are, in fact, very much um, uh, concerned about the uh, sensitivity of Carson Wentz. He's not going to go out and say, well, you know, we haven't had a touchdown throw yet and we had some good looks, uh, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to say anything negative about him. Which is interesting, and I understand that. Like, it's okay. But he was very negative about his defense. But Ron was very positive and puffy about his offense. There were a couple good hookups. Terry McLaurin, uh, Dotson had a nice little run. Um, And that's what we're going to see a lot. A lot of those little dump passes. Let the running back of the wide receiver use the space, use the blockers, create on his own. And when there was an opportunity for the commanders to get it, they were actually in field goal range and Wentz took a bad sack. And that was sort of the old classic Carson Wentz, right? He went back, jitterbugged around, flipped around a little bit, and then finally was taken down. Instead of escaping the pocket, doing basic stuff, throwing it away, it was sort of the old bad Carson Wentz. That was the bad Carson Wentz. Now, Ron did sort of turn that a little bit, saying that, you know, in those specific uh, instances don't want to take a sack but he wasn't pinpointing or saying Carson doesn't can't do that right so it'll be curious to see how they they handle him moving forward with the media I'm sure it's a little bit different behind closed doors but all in all so far Wentz has not been uh, bad he's been he's been fine but he can't be fine if they're going to win nine ten games and get into the playoffs we all know that he knows that it's going to be different in the opener, but you just can't flip the switch. They know that, I understand, but you do not want these sort of minor issues like getting uh, Gibson's confidence going. We want that cleared away by the opener. Uh, I liked what I saw again. Robinson Jr. moves a pile, physical, so that's good. It would have been nice to see a touchdown drive, but it did not happen for the commanders second unit Taylor Heineke he's not going to lose his job to uh, Sam Howell I think I've been calling Sam Howell Charles Howell isn't that from like some movie Charles Howell the third is that trading places is that character trading places let me look that up I think it is. <laughs> yes, Charles Howell III. Or is he a golfer? <laughs> He's a golfer. I had no idea. <laughs> anyway, so the backups look pretty decent. Uh, Heineke had a nice throw to Cam Sims, who solidified his spot on this roster. Need more of Cam Sims, I think. Long, and uh, he, he gets it done. Apologize for the construction going on outside where I'm at. By the way, I'm actually down south little mini uh, uh, excursion with the family. And not to get off on a tangent or anything, but I will because 
Coming down here, you had to take 95. And right near where the one of the proposed stadium sites is for the commanders is in that log jam on 95. It doesn't matter what time of day. There's always a 20 to 25 minute slow poke move. To, and that this time it was like 45 minutes on a Sunday afternoon, bro. And I get past that area and past that area is where uh, the stadium is being proposed. It's uh, Pohick Bay or whatever, you know, you go across that bridge and then it's just it's just bumper to bumper because they have like four exits and four lanes converging down to three or something or five to four. You know what I'm saying? And that's where they want to build a stadium. Not going to happen. Anyway, sorry, I had to, to share that with you. So as for the commanders, as for the whole team as a big unit, uh, it's nothing to be terrified about, but defense, third downs, scheme something else up. I saw a screen grab of a third and three where the Washington Commanders had three down linemen. Three. And then everybody else was in the backfield. And I think the Chiefs got the first down easily. I mean, they got the first downs at will with Patrick Mahomes. They don't panic, right? It's like, oh, third and four, third and five, we got this. It's quite something to have that attitude and that confidence. And then you look at the commanders and you go, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> third and five, can, can Wentz make something happen here? There's no trust yet. That will come in the regular season. He's got to perform. But it's a blank slate, man. 17 games. Let's see if Carson Wentz can... Prove us all wrong and do better with his uh, his abilities. Do better with his new team. And that remains to be seen on 9-11 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I did tweet out something about the uniforms. And let me just read to you exactly what I tweeted out. Because it's our second game that we saw the commander's uniforms. At J. Frank Hanran, I tweeted out, uh, I just don't understand these commanders' uniforms. Now, if you watch the game, like straight burgundy pants. Uh, then they came with the white tops, which they wore last week with the white on whites. And their numbers almost look like they are sprinkled with something, so they're not fully um, blocked in, but they got a little fade of the numbers. You know what I'm talking about, which doesn't make any sense. Doesn't match the pants. Doesn't match the helmet. What I meant to say when I, I said I don't understand these commanders' uniforms is that I don't understand what they have to do with each other. They don't match. Like, uniforms usually match. There's some rhyme or reason as to why these pants go with this jersey. You just can't throw stuff together and say, oh, we're going to... We're, we're not going to... Uh, uh, there's nothing consistent with these. We just have these different uniforms, these different pants, and then we'll throw them together. Like you create a uniform. You want to see and understand, okay, this is what we have in mind when we put the white with the, with the burgundy pants or the black with the pants. You know what I'm saying? Like have an idea. And I looked at uh, the Uniwatch website. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's a great uh, uniform site to break down uniforms. And this is, the guy said it perfectly. This is exactly what I was thinking um, when he talked about his overall take. This is actually after they wore the all-whites against Carolina. Um, this is what he said. 
The best thing about the new uniforms unveiled back in February is the helmet, which I quite like. Now, I disagree. I don't like the W. I think it's whatever. But that's it. This is Paul Lucas who does the Uniwatch blog. And this is my sentiment here. There's not much else about this uniform that screams NFL team to me. I'm not saying the team purposely tanked their rebrand. <laughs> but it's almost like owner Dan Snyder said, okay, you made us change our name, so here's what you're going to get. That's exactly what I think. Here's what you're going to get. And that's what we're getting, just a drab no pop, no, ooh, look at those uniforms. Like, that's what I wanted, bro. I didn't get any of that with the white on whites, and I didn't get any of that uh, on Saturday with Kansas City. Are we going to get used to them? I guess we will, but we're just going to get used to them being boring and nonsensical and a big old eyesore. Maybe the blacks will look good. I don't know. But these white and burgundy pants, white on white so far, thumbs way down. And I'm not hating. I'm not being negative Nelly here. I'm just giving you my opinion on the jerseys because if they were sweet and they were hot and they were popping, I'd say awesome. Wow, they really did a nice job. Uh, they did not. It's an eyesore. It stinks. And I will never like them. Sorry. Speaking of not liking, I, I saw that Colts owner Jim Ursay, critical again of his former quarterback, calling Wentz a mistake during March's owners' meetings and shading Wentz without ever saying his name. Ursay just quite recently said, we went through the season with some inconsistency at quarterback that led to massive problems. <laughs> um, recently, a local... DC TV reporter asked Wentz some tough and direct questions, something Commanders President Jason Wright called unprofessional. But then on the other side, we got Ursay, who's talking about his quarterback in Matt Ryan. He says, we're set up for excellence. Now we just have to do it. And Matt Ryan has the same feeling in his heart. So Jim Ursay going after Carson Wentz yet again uh, before the season starts. I'm not, I, again, I'm not so worried about what uh, he did last year had a great, you know, at times he was, he was actually pretty good. And then when he had to be good, he wasn't. And I think that's what scares us. Wentz critics to high heck is, can he step up in a big spot? Right. Can he not gag like he did against Jacksonville? Now the whole team gag, but we all know starts with your guy starts with the quarterback. The uh, commanders close out the, uh, Preseason Saturday at the Baltimore Ravens, and we're not going to see, I guess we'll probably see what, how start. Uh, a lot of backup quarterbacks. Ravens are looking to extend their preseason unbeaten streak to like, what, 23 or 24 games? <laughs> they beat the Cardinals 24-17 uh, yesterday. I don't think Lamar Jackson played. Maybe he did. I don't think he did. So this is going to be just get through this game. Maybe they should just play a half like back in the uh, high school days when they just did a little uh, preseason. You just played a half of football. Um, and the game is this Saturday, 7 o'clock Baltimore and Washington just getting out of this game and getting set for the regular season. What they have two weeks off between, yeah, the last preseason game and the kickoff on 9 11 for most teams. There is a game, what, on Thursday night, right? Um, but uh, the Commanders opening week, 
talked about it. So the first game is actually 9-8, right? So September 8th. Rams and the Bills. Wow, the Rams are getting two and a half points at home. Super Bowl champs. They love the Bills, do the bookies, the odds makers, because they are the favorite to win the Super Bowl, man, at plus 600 bucks or plus 750. Chiefs plus 1,000, Rams at plus 1,100 at Bet River Sportsbook. So, my God, those are your big favorites right now. But the uh, Jaguars at the Commanders on September 11th, 1 o'clock t- uh, kick. Commanders still at minus 3.5. Total is 43.5. Jags have lost their last 17 road games. Failed to cover the spread in seven of their last eight games. I mean, yikes. Clearly, we'll talk about this game as we get closer. But right now, I'm afraid to bet on the uh, Commanders. I got to see more Carson Wentz before I go, yes, this is what I can do with my money. I'm going to stay away (sighs) from that for now. I'm sure as we get closer, the itch will start. The tingle is going to start. We're really going to fire things off for the 2022 NFL season. All right, when we come back here on the DC CityCast presented by Bed River Sportsbook, we'll get into some Nationals chatter. They're just playing out the string. They got another West Coast road game tomorrow night against Seattle. A little recap, and uh, we'll look forward ahead. Yeah, look forward ahead. That's next. DC CityCast presented by Bed River Sportsbook. I'm Frank Hanran from VEASAN. Kickoff football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Playable in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Do me a favor. Download, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. As uh, we are almost done with August. Jeez Louise, man. The summer went too fast. Uh, it's over, baby. It's all over. And the season's been over for a while for the uh, Nationals, but they did take two of four over the weekend from the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres, uh, they're, even though they're on a two game winning streak, I almost, I don't feel bad for them, but I'm saying, man, they went all in. They traded for Juan Soto. They gave a boatload of prospects away for Soto, who did homer in the game on Saturday. And they do have Manny Machado. But they lost Tatis because of steroids. And then they brought in that guy Hader from Milwaukee as their closer. And I don't know if you saw it, but Homeboy is just absolutely a uh, train wreck. He looks terrified on the mound. And then the Nationals game when he came in, he had a little tapper back to the mound. And you could just see the panic in his body picking up the baseball and then just throwing it like a madman, like he had completely forgotten all of the basics on how to throw a baseball. And he sails it over the first baseman's head all the way down the line. I think it allows Victor Robles to score from first. <laughs> I mean, like, holy God, um, you should have taken him out right then and there. And then the next batter, a kid who has never hit a home run in the majors, Alex Call, hits his first a two-run shot. And that was it. And since then, the Padres have uh, 
said he's going to take a, take a few minutes off, take a few games to reset. But we talk about trust. This whole show, we've talked about can you trust your guys? And San Diego cannot trust this hater kid. Is it Josh Hater? Or can I think of his first name? Josh Hater. Who's had some issues, right? Remember his uh, his tweets that were that surfaced. Jesus. And yes, I am in the camp of you should be held responsible for stuff you did whenever you were alive. <laughs> like no excuses. A 16-year-old knows exactly what he's doing when he's tweeting stupid stuff or racist stuff or stuff that hurts other people. Yes, they should. I don't know what happened to him. With that, was he suspended? I don't think so. It was just it just came to light, right? And it was around the All Star break, whatever. It was racist, homophobic, and misogynistic tweets during the All Star game, right? Apologize says he doesn't reflect any of his beliefs. I'm not saying karma's a bitch. I'm just saying that's who this guy is, and that's who I think of when I hear about Josh Hader. I go, oh yeah, that's the dude whose tweet surfaced, and yes. Yes, you should be held responsible for anything you tweeted. Absolutely. Uh, Anyway, so that's just a complete meltdown in San Diego. And I'm curious to see, um, you know, I'm not betting on them to do anything now in the postseason. Look like a wounded deer out there. They have the night off to San Diego. But it it was bittersweet to see Soto go deep against his old team. But you're like, all right, that's that's fine. That's good. And that got them to the victory 2-1. to one. Which, by the way, the game on Saturday, Nats had runners at first and second. Nobody down. Talk about the offense. Because it wasn't there yesterday either. Cannot come through in big spots. And then the other thing is, they grounded into a double play, which the runner got hung up at second base. So the first dude popped up for out number one. Still runners at first and second. One down, and then a double play the old-fashioned way. Ground ball to first. Guy throws a second for the force, and the dude at second gets hung up between second and third. Like, you just can't make those mistakes. Just can't make those mistakes. Now, I know they came through on Friday night or Saturday night. No, Friday night with big hits. So it's going to come and go, but that's the issue for the Nationals. They just cannot consistently put it all together, and that is a sign of a young, inexperienced team. A sign of a team that's not even going to come close to competing for now several years because of this reboot or retool or whatever they want to call it, right? And yesterday, Patrick Corbin pitched pretty well. No offense. The bats are hot. Pitching struggles. Like they just can't find a good mix. And that's what they have to do moving forward for next year. Before we wrap things up here on the DC City Cast, presented by Bed River Sportsbook, did it uh, excite you at all that the Nationals were uh, named to play in next year's Little League um, showcase? I guess. So I guess they have uh, the game, the Field of Dreams game, and then they play a game with uh, in Williamsport during the Little League World Series which I had completely forgotten about. Um, Let me see here, the the Nationals uh, Little League. First time that the Nationals have ever been chosen by the league to play in one of these showcase games. So it's a 2023 
Little League Classic. It is next summer. I had no idea this was one of the highlights of the MLB season. Have I been under a rock? Have I been in a cave like those uh, kids were? Which I saw that movie, 13 Lives. It's okay. It's fascinating. It's a good historical picture because I learned a lot. Like, I didn't know that's how they were saved. So MLB, Nats, Phillies, first-time nationals will participate in one of MLB's neutral site contests. Day-long event. Players from the two MLB teams, MLB teams, attend a Little League World Series game early afternoon, spend time hanging out with some of the young players at night. The Little Leaguers then go to the game at Muncie Bank Ballpark at historic Bowman Field. Classic started in 2017, Pirates and Cardinals. Then they had the Phillies versus the uh, Mets in 18, Pirates, Cubs in 19, Guardians and Angels in 21, Birds versus the Red Sox. They played that yesterday. And then the Orioles uh, were winners, by the way. But now they've got... um, And the stadium looks pretty cool. Just makes me wonder, a year from now, what will the Nationals look like? I like the C.J. Abrams kid at shortstop. He's he's a go-go player. I'm, as, can his physicality survive? He looks so 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 young, right? <laughs> but I like his arm. He's got some pop at the plate. But the Nationals team a year from now, when they play this little league classic game, who's going to be on the squad? I guess Patrick Corbin still, Steven Strasburg still, um, C.J. Abrams, yeah. Uh, but outside of that. Victor Robles, this guy call. Like, there's so many question marks for the Nationals this offseason. Are we going to see Cade Cavalli, who that's when you know, and I said this like weeks ago here on the DC City Cast, that's when you know when your team is struggling, when you see so many social media posts about guys in AAA. Like, okay, we get it, the future. Come on. This is what you can hope for, because right now what you got ain't cutting it. <laughs> I mean, my God. Do we ask too much? Do we demand too much of these professional franchises? Are we too harsh on these people? I say no, because if I'm in that position and I'm heading a ball club, I love it that people care. I love it. I love it. I love it. We do have some uh, preseason football tonight, which, let me see real quick. Jets plus two and a half at home hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons minus 162. Jets plus 132. Uh, total is 38 and a half. I got no feel on this, but uh, I'll just, for, for for no particular reason, I'll just flip a coin. I'll go under 38 and a half tonight uh, for those keeping it home. Trying to make it two straight NFL wins after taking the Chiefs minus the three and a half on Saturday against the Commanders. I appreciate you for checking us out here on the DC CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Follow us along on Twitter at jfrankhanran, at Live, and at BetRivers. We will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy your day. This has been the DC CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm Frank Hanran from VEASAN.